You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. You Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers, welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And listen, this episode right here is going to get you all the way together. I had such a great time in interviewing our guests, Miss Antonique Jones, and I can't wait for you to hear her story and for us to really talk about how to become your authentic self. So without further ado, let me introduce you to this week's guest. Antonique is a transformation coach, mental health advocate, and wellness enthusiast. Antonique is currently a clinical medical health graduate student and a lover of all things that bring peace, love, and light to this world. Anthony guides women of faith on a journey of becoming their truest and authentic selves. She embarked on this journey of transformation three years ago and has committed her life to ensure women do not have to go on this journey alone as she did. Now, let's welcome Antonique to the show. Antonique, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Now, listen, Antonique, one of my famous first questions on this podcast is to tell me a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Okay, let's see. I have five sisters and one brother. I love that. And I am a veteran. I would say that's two fun facts. <laughs> oh, wow. So five sisters and one brother. I have two older siblings, a sister and a brother, and they're nine and 18 years older than me. So they were more like parents than siblings. Right. I always wondered what it was like to grow up with siblings who are like close in age. How was that for you growing up with six other people? So... <laughs> I think it has a lot to do why I um, value my personal time. <laughs> There's a, always a lot going on. The My older sister is 10 years older than me. My brother, my younger brother is um, only two years younger than me. So it was just a lot happening always. <laughs> I can completely imagine. And then you said you were a veteran. Yeah. What made you go down that line for your career path? So honestly, it was out of necessity. Um, I wanted to go to college. We did not have the finances to send me to college. I couldn't afford the meal plan. I didn't really know anything about financial aid or scholarships at the time, I would have been the first person in my family to go. So it was kind of um, the road, um, what I like to call the path of least resistance. <laughs> I would have been able to work, make money and attend school for free. So that just seemed like the best next decision. Hmm. The path of least resistance. I like that. Okay. So you are on top of everything that you just told us. You are a transformational coach, a mental health advocate, and a wellness enthusiast. 
what led you to become these things? Why did this become something that was important for you along your path towards your purpose? I think that Honestly, each of these three things kind of came into my life at different times. When I was younger, I, um, well, not that much younger, but when I was in my early 20s, I joined the military. It was the first time I had heard about therapy. Um, And so I think that's what originally sparked my interest in mental health. Um, Later on down the pathway, I realized that I personally had suffered from depression. Um, And so that was really an awakening. I remember telling family members around me, um, you know, hey, I think something's going on with me. I think I need to go to therapy. And to be specific, my mother, and I remember her telling me, you don't need therapy, you need God. And I was like, okay. But then I just stayed depressed for a very long time. And I think just throughout my journey, I realized the importance of wellness, um, mental, spiritual, physical, and anything you're doing in life. So I think those things just kind of attached to me along my, my journey to becoming you know, who I truly am. Something you said just spoke to me because I know as Christian people and also Black Christian people, we have a tendency, or at least we grew up where the older generation did not believe in therapy, did not believe that you can love Jesus and you can still go to therapy. And I think it is a change that needs to happen, but I think it's a slow change. I know here we've done episodes. We believe in Jesus and therapy because I personally think that God has anointed therapists to help you do things that you can't do yourself. So for those people who might be listening to this episode and thinking, you know, that's what they're used to hearing that I don't need, I don't need therapy. I, I can just pray whatever's bothering me away. What would you say to them to encourage them to take that step? I would tell them, first off, look around you is what you're doing working. <laughs> you know, you may have all of these different tactics, but what I always say and what I told myself is God could be telling me to go to therapy. <laughs> that could be the answer. Maybe that's why I continue to think about it. You know, we're thinking that, um, you know, God is telling us. I think a lot of times when we talk about what is God telling me? We want to hear what we're telling ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when it doesn't align with that, then all of a sudden, that's not what it is. But I feel like you really have to listen to yourself. And if you're seriously even thinking about going to therapy, just take the first step. See how that works. Because if what you're already doing isn't working and you're just praying, 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 nine times out of 10, the answer's already around you. You're just not paying attention. Oh, I like that. Nine times out of 10, the answer is already around us. We're just not paying attention. And I think that is a situation we have all found ourselves in at one point or another, especially when we start thinking that the way God wants us to deal with things must line up with the way I want to deal with things. Absolutely. Not in line with the way I think it should go, then it's not God. It's not God. I plead the blood of Jesus. But sometimes we got to listen to the Holy Spirit that has been sent here to guide us and comfort us when he's basically yelling at us like, sis, go get a counselor, go get a therapist. 
It is okay. If you had a broken bone, you're not just going to stay home and pray that the broken bone will sort itself out after you're bruised and you can see that you're swollen and all sorts of things. The first thing in your mind is, oh my God, I need to see a doctor. You may pray all the way to the hospital that, you know, the Holy Spirit and the healing angels will go before you and help you while you're at the hospital, but you're still going to go to the hospital. So if there is something broken in our minds, why is it that we're just like, um, I don't need to see a doctor. This one I can sort out for ourselves. Listen, we all have different anointing and trust Mm -hmm. me, this may not be your anointing to, uh, to counsel yourself. It's really never (laughs) to counsel ourselves. So be sure that you listen to the advice of Antonique and you go and speak to somebody. I mean, what is the worst that can happen with you going to speak to somebody? You can come out and say, I didn't like that, but at least you can say, I tried. And I think more times than not, you're actually going to enjoyed having somebody to talk to and somebody who's a listening ear, a neutral third party who will understand and hear you out. And sometimes that's really just what we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Okay. So you have been on a journey to become your authentic self. Tell us what that means. I know I heard you say that you took the path of least resistance earlier. And I am going to assume, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, the path of least resistance did not lead you to your authentic self. (laughs) So so when I say the journey to my authentic self, what I mean is the journey to Antony, to who, you know, I was put on this earth to be to who I wanted to be as well, and to the person that I was destined to become. So when I mean I chose the path of least resistance, which is fine, it's just, I didn't see it as that, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. So I was doing these different things. I was in the military. I was really just living, um, not really on any type of pathway. I thought the military was my pathway. Um, So by just living life, just kind of doing whatever, not really grounded in God, not really grounded or rooted in anything, I became lost. And I became lost to the point where I didn't recognize myself in the mirror. You know, when I when I could tell you, um, definitely I knew I was lost is when someone asked me, what do you like to do? You know, if someone was to say, who are you? What would you say? And I was like, I'm, I don't know. I have no idea, you know? And so I realized that something's not right. Something's not right with me. You know, the things that I'm doing, they're not necessarily bringing me happiness anymore. And there's this sadness that's happening happening inside of me. And there's these decisions that I'm making without rhyme or reason. You know, I'm just here doing things. You know, there's no purpose behind anything that I'm doing. And it happened for so long that I was so deep into the nothingness of life that I woke up one day and said, whoa, what happened to you? What It was like this the, the, um, divine discontentment. Like I'm supposed to be somebody and I don't know what that person is, but it's not me today. And so I embarked upon this journey to figure out who that was. And it was extreme. You know, it took me years and the journey's never completed, but it really took me years to become the person I am today, because it had took me a lifetime to become that person. 
So I think when people think about change, they think it's quick, but you have to think about how long you've been in something. So even if it's as simple as like weight loss, if you think, oh, I want to change the way I eat. If you've been eating a certain way for 20 years, it's not going to change overnight. It's the same with everything else in life. It takes time. And so when I embarked upon the journey, I thought it was going to be, I'm about to be different. Okay, y'all, I'm showing up different. And it was not that. It took a lot of work, a lot of introspection. Um, There's a lot of tears, a lot of joy, but it took every single thing I had in me to change. So when I mean becoming my authentic self, I mean becoming the person that I love no, you know, I, I love unconditionally and relentlessly and becoming the person that God wants me to be as well. Mm. What a journey that sounds like. And you are right. It is not easy when we want to make a change, especially when we've been a certain way our whole life. Change takes time. Change takes dedication and discipline and consistency. And sometimes it feels like, you know what? It's easier just to be doing what I was doing. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's easier to remain the same than change. And as human beings, uh, we tend to want easy over hard, not understanding that although it may be hard right now, what God is doing in us and through us in the end will then be easy. We can look back and say, now now I'm in what I'm supposed to be and this feels easy, this feels right, this feels like what I have in my mind for myself and what I feel like God has in his mind for me. But I do understand that there was struggles, like you said, there was tears. So tell us about one or two of your biggest struggles during this journey and how did you overcome them? So I can tell you the first thing that I struggled with is um, doubt, definitely doubt. I, because I, it was new for me, I questioned every single step of the journey. Um, And that's what I help, you know, the women that I work with, because you are going to question it because it's something new. So I really Um, struggled with doubting myself and the confidence that I was making the right decisions. And I believe that that's because I wasn't really grounded in my faith at the time. It was still developing. So I had made so many bad decisions in life, you know, and I, I say that because they just weren't decisions that were, they weren't decisions that I prayed over. They were just things that I did. And so there was a lot of guilt from that. I blamed myself for a lot of stuff that happened. So when you start to question everything you do and you make bad decisions in your mind and, you know, you get into situations that don't serve you, you start to blame yourself. So I really question every single thing I did. So the journey was way longer (laughs) than it needed to be because before doing something, I was always asking the people around me instead of praying over it. I was always trying to join someone's challenge to find my, it was just always doing everything else except for learning how to trust myself learning how to trust myself within God. Um, And then second, I can say, and this is what I think, the reason why I became a transformational transformational coach is because I was so lonely. Mm -hmm. I was, it was so difficult for me because I had started to strip away the pieces of me that didn't serve me. And that for me was people, you know, a, a lot of it was the people around me. So 
you are now going on this journey that's going to challenge every single piece of you and you've gotten rid of the people that you know they're, they don't really serve you but now it's just you and so that's what I struggled with I kept wanting to bring people in and you know I need to talk this out I need to say something to someone and I was picking up the wrong people in the season so it just prolonged the journey um but it, the isolation part of it was very, very difficult. And now I know that I probably didn't have to go through it alone, but it's just a part of the story. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm going to go back to what you, your first struggle uh, first, the doubt. The doubt that we have when we're, we're stepping out of our comfort zone and doing things differently. Sometimes that doubt can scream louder than what we have in us telling us to keep going. So you came through the doubt and had to learn the confidence in the fact that you were making the right decision. Yes. When you transitioned from doubt to confidence, what did that feel like for you? It was like an out-of-body experience because I was able to say, you know what, that's not for me and feel okay about it. And it was new for me. So I was very much like, you know what? That's not for you. You're right. You know, it was a lot of self-talk. Like you did the right thing. You didn't want to go out tonight. You didn't want to talk to that person. It was a lot of like, wow, this is what it feels like to be in tune with yourself. This is where my prayers became more clear. This is where I was able to feel like whatever I'm doing in life, Oh, it's going to work because I'm in line with myself. You know, I'm, I'm ready for whatever is on the other side of the door. You know, I can clear, I can clearly hear what God is telling me to do because everything in my life is aligned. It was beautiful. I mean, it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. And I want to just go back to what you said about the hard piece. I think I had done so many hard things. So much had happened in life. I didn't want to sign up for something else hard. I just didn't. I'm like, oh, I did hard. I, I've lived a, the life of hard. I'm not going to sign up for another hard. Why? Who would do that? But I had to. And I never knew that on the other side of the hard, as you said, was that easy. And that easy is what we're all striving to. So I just love to say that. I just wanted to reiterate that. I I, I completely love what you're saying. Um Nobody wants to sign up for hard when we've felt like we've been doing hard our whole lives. I remember there was a point in my life and, I'm like, and when I was just like, look, Lord, I thought we were over this period. Why, why are we still in here? <laughs> I'm done with this. I thought you said that. And I think what he was really teaching me was patience, humbleness, and to really appreciate what I had in each moment instead of jumping, wanting to jump from uh, start to finish and not having the journey because the journey is what was helping me build my testimony. And in the journey is how we go out into the world and help other women as coaches because we've experienced the journey. If I took that journey away and I just woke up like this, just confident and walking right. with God and no problems. How could I help anybody else? How could I um, empathize and sympathize? How could I motivate when I, I wouldn't be able to say, well, you know, I just woke up with like this and <laughs> amen, and you're struggling with this and why don't you get it? You didn't mm -hmm. wake up like this too. 
So I have to always remind myself, even as we continue to journey throughout our lives, that no matter hard or easy, because even as we grow in our purpose and God wants to stretch us and take us to new levels, it starts to get a little hard again. You're like, hey, what we do? We were comfortable here. But I always have to remind myself that in the journey is where purpose is really refined. Absolutely. So I think that that was really important what you said. Now, you, we, we talked about the feeling that you felt what when you became confident, but also when you went from lonely to filling yourself with a circle of people who were right for you, how did that feel? You know, um, there's this author, her name is Layla Delia. She talks about the right people bring you your soul's medicine. And I think that's how it felt for me. It's like the when you have the right people around you, you're really able to thrive in your authentic self. You're ready, you're able to be challenged, you're able to be loved, you're able to be supported, you're able to step, you're already stepping out as your authentic self, but that authentic self is now being um like it's, your seed is being watered. When there's people around you that love you and are supposed to be around you, now there's no good or bad people, but there may not be people that are for you in your season. When you're around people that are for you in that season of life, you're thriving even more. You're all, you know, watering each other. It's like these little seeds is now becoming this forest, you know, and there's the strength in that. And it really felt, it was just another step in me saying, oh, this is what this feels like. This is what this is supposed to be. You know, like when people say, yeah, I've never been loved and they have this idea of what it's like. And then they really are able to experience that true love that you're supposed to have. It's like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be. I had no idea what it was. Those things I was thinking, they didn't even make sense. They were such on a small scale. I was thinking so small about what love was because I hadn't experienced it. It's on a completely different level than I could have imagined. And that's how I felt when I finally got around people that fed my soul. I was like, oh, okay, this is what this is supposed to be. I completely agree. And I just want to say to anybody who's listening, who may be in that period where you are feeling lonely, it is okay to experience the loneliness. I remember experiencing the loneliness. I, I, when I grew up, even throughout school, high school, before I got to university, it was just me. I didn't quite fit in with any particular group. I wasn't, I didn't really get in with the cool kids. I could hang out with the smart kids, but then I was just like, ah, I felt like I didn't really belong anywhere. So I know when I went to university, that was my first experience of having friends and they were great friends, but not what I needed exactly. So I remember graduating from university and coming home and going into the workforce and, and really spending some time like, look, Lord, I need friends. Like yes. I need people around me. I need a circle. I need a tribe. I remember going to a, just a meeting with female lawyers. Um, So they had, and I was the youngest one in the room and I tend to be the youngest one in the room because I finished my master's at 21. I'm I'm used to being the youngest person in the room, but everybody had their own little group and their own little clique. And I was just there by myself. And although I can be a people person at first, I tend to be very shy until I'm comfortable in my surroundings. So I remember coming home and just crying 
because I didn't feel like I, I was like in the car bawling and my mom was like what is wrong with you because <laughs> I didn't feel like I had anyone sort of around me and I remember praying for a tribe and then the Lord was like here and slowly one by one my tribe my sister friends came and what I love about that point where God starts introducing people he knows what you need even mm. if you don't and although you may say to yourself well you want people to do this this and that and the Lord's like huh what you actually need is people who are <laughs> going to check you people who are going to pray for you and I and as you said as we go through seasons people might be put in and taken out as we go through seasons. And there's nothing wrong with that. I remember, or I've just been through a season where some people that were very important to me, God had removed them, but he still replaced them with what I didn't know I needed. Right. And that made such a big difference. Even at my wedding, I I had an experience that the Lord knew what was going to happen he knew how I was going, we were going to have to move our wedding up because of COVID and have literally eight hours to pull a wedding that was supposed to be two weeks later off. And he put the right people who would calm me down, who would pray for me, who would wash and anoint my feet before I walked down the aisle, which Ooh. was what I needed. So in the time when they were doing this, of course, I'm like, I'm trying not to cry. You guys, I'm trying to hold it together. But still... <laughs> God knew exactly what he I needed because he knew that anybody else wouldn't have been able to handle that, quite frankly. He said, you need these two and these are the two that are going to help you. So I am more than appreciative and I now know for sure that when people mm-hmm. come and go out of my life, I'm like, okay, God, I don't know what that's about, but it's it's on you and I trust you. So it makes a, it makes a big difference. It, it, it's it's hilarious though because you're saying like there's people around me that were there to wash and anoint my feet I'm like wow let me make sure the people around me are you know able to do the same but like you said they were there you know and so just to anybody listening it may feel a little bit there may be heartache and grief around the loss but just know that there is something better something that when you you're going to know oh, okay this is the reason why that's a beautiful story <laughs> thank you so much and 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 listen anything that we say here on this podcast because it's possible for us we know that god can do it for you and god can yes. do it even greater for you so mm-hmm. you guys you know i'd love to hear your testimony so definitely if anything that we are saying so far is resonating with you Hop into one of our DMs, both of our DMs. Of course, you know, I will put all of Antonique's details in the show notes, but we want to hear from you. We want to hear how we can better serve you and how us talking about this topic has helped you in your journey. Mm -hmm. Now, let let me get let me get back to the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um A lot of us, I feel like, get trapped. Before we find our authentic self, the world has found a way of putting us in a box. And Mm. this box is, you should be this, you should do this, this is how it should look. This is how life should look, and you shouldn't step out of that box. For example, I, I the box that I was definitely conforming to in the beginning is that you graduate from high school, you go to university, you get a good degree or a few, you come back and you're ready to work. And I remember 
doing all of that and life going according to that plan and coming back from university and not having a job for like almost a year, like one week shy of a year. And I was like, what is this? This is what you said. This is the box that you created for me. Why isn't it working? So why do you think that a lot of us get trapped in the box that society builds for us? So I think, like you said, I think we travel, you know, we just do what we think we're supposed to do. And I think we don't even realize that we're following a path that was laid out for us. We just think we're taking these natural steps. Like, okay, I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to get a job. Um, For some people, it's I'm going to get married. I'm going to have these kids. Or I'm going to just work so hard to where I attain the highest of the highest level of success for me. And you don't realize that this way of thinking or these um, goals you have really came from outside influences. So I think we just kind of are chucking along and doing what we think we need to do. And like you said, at the beginning, you were like, wait, this is the natural thing. This is the natural next step. And then we kind of, the path of least resistance. (laughs) And for me, I was like, okay, I need to go to school. I need to get a job. Boom, the military, that's the next thing to do. And it was like, I didn't, it wasn't wasn't much thought, but it wasn't until you're along that journey that you kind of realize, you know what, this isn't really working for me. But then you think, you know what? It's not what I'm doing. It's just maybe it's just something in me. You don't really look at your surroundings. So that's how we kind of get into it. And then we stay in it. And then another thing is we've worked a lot of time. You've worked really, really hard to get the things that's in the box with you. (laughs) So you're in this box, but you've worked extremely hard for your box. And you're like, oh no, I'm not about to, I'm not about to give this up. I'm not about to step out of this because I didn't invest it all this time, all this energy, all this pain, all this, tra- all this trauma, everything I've been through is for me to be in this box. And so I'm going to protect it no matter what. I'm going to do it because I've already done it. Like I've already put all this stuff into it. So we kind of, we we start to really um, build like this fortress inside the box. We become so protective of who we are and what we have that we get stuck in it because it's too scary to go outside. It's like, okay, man, I, I've worked. It's like, I always look at it like a marriage, you know, you did 10 years and now you're losing it. And really you start to think that's 10 years, you know, but then you're not really thinking, well, there's still 70, 80 more out there. You know, you're so, you're so busy holding on to the box that you're not able to see the platform that it's on. So I think that's why we get stuck. Wow. You build a fortress around your box. I mean, that is so true. And if anybody comes to disturb what you've built box, (laughs) the reaction that you have when people come and they're saying, you know, think outside the box. And you're like, excuse me, I am fine in the box. I am thriving. Or you're, you're, you know, what thriving is, right? I am thriving in this box. I don't need to do what you're doing. And what, I think is so interesting is no matter what box you think you're building, when God has a plan for you, let me tell you that box will crumple. It will start to get too tight. It will be very uncomfortable until you move out. I think we've all had sort of a box mentality and you're right. That's sort of the path that is laid out for us that we don't actually realize that it's laid out for us. I remember being around 16 and having a life plan, okay? I had a life plan. Nobody could tell me any different. At around 17, right before I got off to college, I um, got a scholarship. And the 
they had a cocktail hour for the people who got the scholarship to meet people who have received the scholarship before and sort of further along their journey. And the lady that they had assigned to be my mentor was talking to me. And I laid out my plan for her. Like, I'm going to university. I'm going to get these degrees, come back, get a job, get married, have children. Bam. That's how that's going to work. And she was like, what if your plan doesn't work out? And I was thinking to myself, obviously, your plan didn't work out because you didn't try hard enough. (laughs) My plan is going to work out. I am dedicated. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Let me tell you the way the Lord humbled me after I, when I say the only thing that went to plan was going to school and getting and graduating. That's it. After, after mm. I graduated, what was that? After 21, that plan went out the door. No <laughs> job. Okay. Having, uh, having two degrees and working at a place that's only paying you $500 a month, okay? doing things like traveling and, and, and volunteering that was never in the plan, but all of those things that were not in my plan, that was not in the box that I was, you know, decorating and be making comfortable for me were things that I would never change. If I mm-hmm. went with the, the path that was laid out for me, I would have been married when I was like 22 and having kids at 24. And I look at myself now and I just got married and I feel like, like every once in a while, I'm like, wow, you're really doing this adult thing. <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, like, you, you know, it's you, you're, you're adulting and this is it. And you've got to take care of a house. And are you really ready for kids? And I can, I can just think of myself at 23 thinking that this is when I want kids, 22, mm-hmm. 23, and now about to be 28 in a few months and thinking, hmm, we can wait a little while for those kids. Let me settle into this life thing first. So it, it's amazing how God will move you out of the box. Listen, if you haven't had an out-of-the-box experience, it's coming. Actually, oh, and declaring that out-of-box experience over your life, like now, because God has more things for you. And you know there is a still quiet voice telling you that you were created for more than this. And listen. <laughs> It's going to get louder and louder and louder. So I decree and declare that you step out of that box. You kick that box to the side. You let it on fire and you live the path and the life that God has for you. Confident, your authentic self and full out in your purpose. And when um, two or more are in agreement. So absolutely. <laughs> I, and the it's so one, it, your story is amazing. But I, I just, I wanted to um, bring something up because it kind of happened to me as well. When I was like, 17 years old I was I had like a mentor she's actually very well known now but we were in high school um and so she took me to NC State we stayed the night well we stayed the weekend it was great I was like oh I'm definitely gonna go to NC State that's for me like I was very sure I was a kid you know um and then I decided I'm gonna go in the military <laughs> but something in me always knew I probably should have went to the school so now I'm enrolled in graduate school for clinical mental health it's like 15 years later. <laughs> But it was always, and it was always written for me. I just chose a different path. And so, like you said, if you haven't had that experience yet, it's coming. You may think that something is not going to happen for you. It just may not happen right then and there. Like you probably weren't supposed to be married at 20, 21. And now, but now you're able to be in it and be an adult in it and revel in it and grow in it. And it's your time. You know, so if you're stuck to like this, this timeline of how life is supposed to happen, let me tell you, 
God is not listening to your timeline. You can take it off your vision board. You can <laughs> scratch it out. You know, you may say, these are the things I want. But when you start putting time and dates to it, that's for you. That's what you're doing. God has his own timeline. So I'm sure, you know, you know, if you're listening, you're thinking, well, this and this was supposed to happen. And doesn't it mean it's not going to happen for you. It just means it's not happening right now. So you need to start looking around at what is supposed to be happening. You know, if you're thinking you were supposed to be married by this age or you were supposed to achieve this level of success in your career, whatever you thought you were supposed to have at this age, and you don't have it, that means you're supposed to be doing something else. So important. And I I, I love how you said, you know, take the take the timeline off of your vision board. It will help you. You yes. will feel like you're failing when you reach 25 and you're doing the things that you you feel like you should have accomplished when you were 22. Mm-hmm. God's timeline is so much better than us. Because if I look back to who I would have married when I was 22. Oh, goodness. <laughs> you don't even have to get into it. But I, I could tell you right now, it is not the one. The Lord needed me to meet my husband who I who I met through his path, just following what he told me to do. So it, it's very important. And I don't want you guys to disregard or throw out slow, consistent changes, Mm -hmm. right? Because consistent changes over time make drastic differences. I'm reading this book called The Psychology of Money because I'm trying to, you know, understand finances in a way that is biblical, but with knowledge as well, so that when they come my way, I know how to deal with God's money. And one of the Mm. things that the gentleman was teaching was about compound interest, about how something can grow 5% every year. But if you remember, it's 5% on the 5% that you just earned on the 5% that you just earned. So you're you're growing exponentially. Like that is Mm. the difference between lifelong changes and then things that happen overnight. We always have these plans. And sometimes we think that we're going to be an overnight success when God's like, that's not really it because I need the change. I need the business. I need the book. I need whatever it is that I've called you to do to actually last, to leave a footprint in Ooh. this world, to attach, um, to go out into the area of the vineyard that you're assigned to and actually leave a difference. If you are set up with the way he has actually assigned us, we are all meant to break generational curses just because it is it happened for your parents in this way and your siblings and your ancestors in this way doesn't mean it has to happen for you, but you have to understand that the small consistent changes is what's going to make the difference. It's not going to be you breaking any financial curses over your family by winning the lottery, because that is not going to help you if you don't actually have the financial aptitude that you need. Because listen, if you and your family, for whatever reason, did not know how to handle the $10 that God gave you, what do you think you're going to do with a million dollars? Oh my goodness. You are speaking today. (laughs) And I, and I, I remember just in that sort of that line talking to my husband who has his financial aptitude is great. That's the service that he he's always just known and he's met me and I have not always known. And he's just like, I don't understand why this isn't something you just know. And we always talk about that. But I remember watching a video where a grandmother left to her grandson, $2 million. He didn't even know his, her, his grandmother had this type of money. Just humble, sweet old lady. Didn't know. <laughs> he was about 17 or so. She leaves him this money. And he immediately says, 
Um, I think I'll give half to the church. And to me, I was like, all right, come on, Jesus, come through. And my husband was like, that was not a smart move. And I was like, he said the church. He said, yeah, but is that where the money is supposed to go? You can leave half of it to the church, but the church doesn't know how to manage the money. So why are we leaving it to that particular church? He was like, somebody needs to guide him in a way where he could invest that money and then take some of the top off the investment and put that in the church and some other churches and some other right. churches mm-hmm. that he has. That didn't even cross my mind. I was just so excited that he left. I was like, look at Jesus just working in this young man. But it's <laughs> we don't know what we don't know. And sometimes we revel in the genius of what we know, not knowing all that we don't know that is really curving what we're doing in life. So I think one of the things that's most important for you in your out of the box, in your journey to becoming your authentic self is always continue to learn. Yes. You cannot turn off the, the, the you know what, I'm just going to, I've learned enough. I knew everything. You need to learn and learn and eat. And just as much as you're reading, you need to be taken in the word of God. Because listen, the word of God has some lessons for you and you can go back and read it three times and get three different lessons, okay? So you need to be in your word as well as in different, the the books that will help guide you and let the Holy Spirit help you out. The forever student. That's Mm -hmm. what I, you know, I speak about that all the time. Like when people say, oh, you know, you've been in college all your life. That is just really a a hunger for learning a hunger for education once we stop learning once we stop being willing to take in new ways of doing things to to take in new methods you might as well just leave the earth honestly because you're here to to grow and to evolve you know once you become stagnant we're put on this life for so many things we're put sorry we're put in this life for to, to do so many things this one thing that you've done, like I always say, I feel like I've lived multiple lifetimes at once. That is what's supposed to happen. You're going to be multiple people throughout the, you know, your entire life. You're going to play multiple roles. You're not going to always know how to go into that next role. Like you said, he was a grandson. He didn't even know his mother, you know, his grandmother had this money. Now he's a millionaire. That's completely different than the person he was before he knew. So now you have to learn. You have, and you also have to seek that education. Like I believe I'm a, a avid reader of self-help books, but there was a moment where I had to say, okay, love the story, but I'm going to have to jump into the Bible mm-hmm. because don't forget that those help, those self-help books were written by a person. So that's their journey. That's their experience. Take what applies to you and leave the rest. Don't take it as the Bible. It's mm-hmm. not. The Bible is the Bible. This is it. The Bible is the Bible. And let me tell you, the Bible, just in case you guys don't think the Bible is interesting. I was, I mean, I, <laughs> we were <laughs> in a Bible study and I, I heard a story that I've heard before told again. And I was sitting there. I was like, this is better than Game of Thrones. I don't know what <laughs> I, because you know, you get, and if you just a little sidebar, if you don't like the King James version, that's fine. I don't like it either. I can't follow it. But you can get the New Living Translation, the Message Bible. You know, if you really don't understand, I was taught this in my 20s. If you really want to know the basic um, understanding of something and you like, I'm not really getting this worse. The gentleman told us, go to the children's Bible and read it out of the children's Bible and then go back and read and see if you can understand it. And when I tell you, I flip to that children's Bible and say, oh, that's what you were saying. Okay, let me go back. 
<laughs> there is That's no a great shame. tip. There is no shame in my game. Listen, and the Bible app on your, uh, if you have the Bible app, if you're a person that uses the Bible app, it has that. It's the ICB, I think the International Children's Bible. Mm-hmm. Put that in your rotation as well. Read it in multiple ways so that you can understand what God is saying to you. Because like Antonique said, the Bible is the Bible and there's nothing better than the Bible because the Bible will teach you about why you need to invest. Okay, honey? The Bible will be teaching you why you need to wait and not marry that man you think is great for you, but he ain't great for you. The Bible will tell you when it's time that, you know, it's time for a career change. It's time to step out of the box. The Bible will tell you. The Lord will read you when you're reading the Bible. But there are so many times I have closed the Bible and said, okay. You know, I asked for a message, but I didn't know it was going to be that one. <laughs> you know, where I have really been like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening. I sat down and read the word. And like you said, the word read me. And I was like, okay, thank you, God. I'm going to just stop acting up. <laughs> I'm cutting off. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm I'm here now. (laughs) We're just going to turn this day off. I'm going to lay down. I got the word because like you said, one, you have to make sure you understand it. But I think you also have to make sure you understand what you're looking for. You know, what word are you seeking? Are you seeking about money? You know, because I never did that. I really did not understand the correlation between God and money. You know, I kind of was like, you know, money comes, but we shouldn't talk about money as Christians. We shouldn't even talk about it at all. You know, and I didn't know that, you know, the idea of being uh, faith-filled women and wanting to be wealthy or, you know, wanting to be, I didn't understand it, but it wasn't until I got into the word. I was like, wait, God says I should have, you know, it's like, you kind of start to say, wait, the things I want, they are not strange. These are the things that God wants for me. I just also have to understand how you said, how does God want me to have it? What does he want me to do with it? Because like you said, you can get a million. I mean, there's a show called um, Lottery Ruined My Life. It's about people who got millions of dollars all of a sudden and it ruined their life. So you kind of have to make sure you have discernment. Anything you're praying for, you have to make sure you understand. Because if you get it and you squander it, then you're like, what happened? Well, did you talk to God about what you were supposed to do with it? Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's why getting in your word is so important because you wouldn't build that foundation now. Mm-hmm. You want to have that foundation. So when God gives you the desires of your heart, you don't just waste them, right? A lot of things that I've been praying for when I, especially when I was praying um, for my spouse and I was asking before I even knew my husband, I was like, Lord, make me a wife. Mm, Make me a wife now. Like, t- tell me what I, I need. I need patience, Lord. Help me in the kitchen, Lord. Tell me, you know, help me with cleaning, Lord, so that when it comes to me, I won't be shocked, right? <laughs> when it comes to me, I won't be like, wait a minute, I don't think I wanted this. No, God, prepare me now. He prepares our table in the presence of our enemy. He that means the Lord loves a little bit of preparation. Okay, He thought mm-hmm. about this. He knew the way your life was going to go before you were even bored. So he started to prepare your table. So you need to ask God to prepare your hunger to go sit at that table so that you can sup, so that you can eat, so that you can get what you need. But like we said, you have to get into that word at the end of the day, at the end of the day. And you may think that 
I mean, I did a word Wednesdays. And if you guys go back on my Instagram, you find it. And I just went to a particular verse. And then I said, let me read the whole chapter. And when I read that chapter, I said, if this wasn't for me today, I, this is word Wednesday. You might think that was for you. That was for me. I needed that personally. Okay. The Lord was saying, be courage, be strong, be courageous because I am coming. And I was like, I need you in this situation. So I'm waiting for you to come. So I'm going to be strong. I'm going to be courageous and do not quit. And I won't quit. That's me. I won't quit because, you know, I've been walking around for the last three, three weeks saying I quit. I'm over. I'm done. (laughs) And you're telling me don't quit. I will show up soon. So get into your word. You never know what will find you. Let me put it that way. Not what you will find, but what will find you. Yes. Now I told you. The Holy Spirit comes and curves our conversation. We go, oh, this is great. I have really enjoyed speaking to you. And I know my community is going to love this interview. So if anybody's out there and they're listening and they're saying, okay, I'm listening to Shantae, I'm listening to Anthony, I'm ready. I think it's time that I start, I come out of my box and I start living my authentic self. What would you say to encourage them? Where should they start? Um, I think you should start with setting your intention. And what I mean is first, of course, seeking the Lord, you know, going to him with, you know, what you're experiencing and what you're feeling, waiting for a word, you know, from him, but also just really making sure you're in tune with God at that time in your life, but setting your intention for change, setting your intention to become your authentic self. And what that means is just really making a declaration that you're about to embark on a journey with the Lord and you're about to experience something and it is going to be great. Just kind of coming, becoming one with yourself and what you're about to do so that you don't give up along the journey. I love that. Set your intentions, write them down, write them, mm-hmm. make it plain and let yes. him fill in all the blanks, let him fill in the timeline, let him fill in the people that surround you, let him fill in even who you need if you need to talk to somebody. And I just want to circle back to the importance of our mental health and our wellness in this journey of becoming your authentic self. If you were listening earlier and you thought to yourself, you know what, I maybe I should see a counselor, maybe I should see a therapist. It is my personal opinion that everybody needs to see a therapist. That's my Same. opinion. Same. I don't care if life is going well. I don't care if you feel like you have reached the height of success. There is something that you need to talk about that this experience will help you really get what is on your heart and what is in your mind out so that you can talk it through and start showing up. It will help you to show up as your best self. So I just want you to talk about, before we go for a second, the importance of your mental wellness during your journey. So, and I'm going to just be completely transparent because I feel like this is what God is calling me to say at this moment. When I was first beginning before my journey, pre-journey into me, I had no idea I was suffering from depression. No one really could have imagined, unless you do suffer from some type of mental illness, the way that felt. I literally describe it as I was in a glass house It was dark inside the glass house, but outside I could see the sun. I could see other people outside in the sun, but there was no door for me. So wait, I can see the happiness. I see everybody else feeling the happiness. It looks great, 
But inside my house is nothing but darkness and sadness. That was crip- that was horrific for me at the time. And to not know that there's a reason why you're experiencing this is even harder. Once I realized that, wait, you are suffering from depression, it, I, I wasn't upset. I was like, okay, there's a reason for this. There's a way to get out of this. It is so important for you to take care of your mental health, your mental wellness. I'm telling you, if you feel like something is going on that is beyond what you have control over, first, always seek God. But it wasn't until I really started to have that relationship with God. I was like, something is really not right here. I can't get out of this. You know, when you start to have those feelings, go and seek someone. And I'm not saying you have to, you know, because a lot of people in the community think that, you know, a therapist is um, is is also attached to prescription meds or something like that. That's not what it is. It could just be really needing to talk to someone and get someone giving you the tools that you need. Any, I, I could not even begin to become myself because I didn't know that there was a piece of me, there was something else inside of me that had to be dealt with first. So it's so important for you to make sure that mentally you are stable, mentally you are healthy before you start to do anything because you will be unable to do it. You know, it's like, just make sure that first box is checked. Like before you go in a relationship, before you do a career change, like you, like I always hear a lot of times along my journey, the women have, a, you know, a lot of women in my life, beautiful women. One thing that I feel like we all know is that if you haven't dealt with yourself, it doesn't matter how many relationships you get into, you're still you. It's probably still going to happen because you're still you. You say, oh, this job isn't working. This job isn't working. This church isn't working. This church isn't working and you've been through six or seven different churches, six or seven different jobs, six or seven different relationships, six or seven different friendships. It's something within you, but it doesn't have to mean that it's something that you've done. It could be something that's out of your control. You just need to figure out how to get it in control so you can start living your best life. I I, I absolutely love that. And I absolutely agree with everything Antonique has said. So that is the important first steps. Now, Antonique, what are your top three tips for thriving in your authentic self? Okay. So first is faith. You really have to be grounded in your relationship with God and you have to trust that you're on the right path and that God has you along this path. Um, Second is trust of yourself. Trust that you know what you're doing and that you're making the right decision for you. Only you know what's best for you. You can seek wise counsel, but at the end of the day, if you're in tune with God, you can trust yourself. And three is unapologetic and relentless Mm self-love. You have to love yourself extraordinarily. To, to show up and to be able to show up every day as your authentic self. So those are the three things I would say, you know, you need to continue to show up as your authentic self. With the last, they're all kind of intertwined, but you can take them and dissect them as well. Anthony, this has been such an amazing conversation. Yes. I enjoyed it so much. I know somebody out there, this is going to really resonate and sort of tattoo itself on their heart so they can start 
making changes, you guys. So listen, to thrive in your authentic self, you need to make sure you have faith, God first, okay? And then you need to trust that with God first in your life, with you tuning into what he's saying to you, that you know what's best for you. And Mm -hmm. lastly, you need to have unapologetic and relentless self-love. And I think this is where we might stop. (laughs) (laughs) We need to love ourselves. You have to remember that everything about you, the quirkiness, the things that other people might find weird or unattractive, God made you like that. And to not love the design of God is to doubt the creator himself. He made you this way, right? Mm -hmm. He made this, this beautiful person. He said, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. So that means that no matter what you don't like about yourself, whether it's your waistline, whether it's a big nose or your 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 big <laughs> lips. I mean, pick on things that used to bother me. You need to remember that God made you this way. He spent time carving you and creating you. Yes. So everything about you is important. It is special. It is wonderful. It is beautiful. And it doesn't need fixing. Mm-hmm. God loves you. He loved you so much that he sent his only begotten son to die on a cross for you. So you have to know that God knew something about you that you probably didn't know about or that you don't know about yourself. But the more time you spend with him, the more time he will reveal who he sees you as, who he has created you to be, and what his vision for your life looks like. So, Antonique, I want to just thank you again. As I said, I have enjoyed this immensely. You have definitely fed my soul today. And I appreciate it. I appreciate it. And I want to say before we go, just tell us how we can connect with you. Social media, website, everything. And of course, you guys, you know, I will put it down in the show notes so that you can join Antonique on all her platforms. Um, yeah, so first off, thank you so much. You have been my soul as well. This has been an incredible experience. Um, so really the best way to get in touch with me is just to follow me on Instagram. Um, in my bio, you can find my website, antoniquejones.com. Um, my Instagram is antonique.j, so A-N-T-O-N-I-Q-U-E dot J. Um, and you'll see all the ways you can get in touch with me and that we can work together. I have some really exciting things coming up. But um, if you just follow me there, I try to feed, you know, the souls of people that follow me through my Instagram. But um, if you want to do a one-on-one or um, you want me to join you along your journey, you can find more information there. So thank you. Thank you so much again. Now, this is the end of the episode, you guys. Be sure to tune in next week, Tuesday, for another new episode of the Pray, Plan, Slate podcast. I ask you to open the door and to make way so that I can do as I ought. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slave podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray Plan Slave Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.